Welcome back, y'all, to episode 44 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days podcasting every day, and I can honestly say, I don't know what I'm thinking, but we're here at day 45, so let's go. Alright, can you imagine a life different from the one you know today? Could you imagine being in an environment that is foreign to you? I posted something on my Instagram about when was the year of no summer. Now, if you can imagine, there was a point in time in 1816 where a volcano erupted. And this volcano was so strong, it created an environment where there was no summer. I'm going to play a TikTok TikTok session. Across the globe in the year 1816, a sickly reddish-brown haze hung in the air. Temperatures plummeted. The sun didn't shine. Snow never melted. Flowers failed to bloom. In Washington, D.C., it snowed in July. Widespread crop failures led to debilitating famines. Some rivers remained frozen solid all year, disrupting migration patterns and causing mass starvation. Often the ash in the air turned the sun blood red. Some days the haze was so thick there was no sunrise, and people had to go about their days carrying lanterns through a seemingly endless midnight. Countless clerics and preachers declared the event a bad omen, a curse upon the land, a sign of the end times. Many assumed the land itself was cursed, and millions left in mass migrations that spread disease and rewrote regional boundaries. The cause of this year without a summer? A massive eruption of the largest volcano in Indonesia, Mount Tambora. Over 10,000 people died in the initial blast, but the deadly effects of the eruption were just beginning. Over the next few months, 24 cubic miles of ash spewed out of the volcano and into the atmosphere. This blanket of ash eventually blotted out the sun, causing temperatures to plummet. The death toll from starvation and disease caused by the effects of the eruption are incalculable. But this year without a summer altered the shape of our world in more ways than just death tolls. In the United States, mass migrations westward by refugees who believed in a god powerful enough to make the summer go away began religious movements that later became known as the Second Great Awakening. Among them was a young Joseph Smith who migrated to upstate New York where he claimed to have found his golden tablets from which he transcribed the Book of Mormon. Countless other refugees fled westward, settling new towns and populating the American frontier, leading to the founding of new states like Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri. These mostly white, mostly Protestant settlers became the first Midwesterners. In Central Europe, the lack of oats to feed horses inspired a German inventor to research new ways of horseless transportation. What he came up with was a mechanized personal transport device that we now call the bicycle. In China, failures of the rice harvest caused farmers to experiment with different crops. One of the plants that took to the strange new weather was poppies. Poppies which could be used to create opium, opium which would spread rapidly, addict millions, and fuel imperial wars. The year without a summer also affected art. J.M.W. Turner's brilliant sunsets were inspired by the strange multicolored atmosphere caused by the abundance of ash in the air from the eruption. Many romantic artists' work from the period display melancholic skies and strangely colored hues in their sunsets. In Switzerland, on the shores of Lake Geneva, a group of bohemians including a poet named Percy Shelley and his mistress Mary went on vacation. But due to the cold weather, a summer that should have been spent boating and hiking instead ended up with them locked in a cabin telling ghost stories. Percy Shelley wrote a story called The Fragment, which was a precursor to Dracula, and Mary, soon to be Mary Shelley, wrote a little story called Frankenstein. 
the world forever changed by people waiting for a summer that never came. finding is during the time of 1816 I mean what was happening during 1816 you had Napoleon who was kind of um, ruling you had Thomas Jefferson in his last years as president um, you had the Tang dynasty within China and you know you had a lot of you know that was kind of the time you know when we think about it it was you know um, the United States would have been founded in 1776, so, you know, relatively new, you know, a very young country, um, you know, and you have kind of this impact what's going on. I mean, you have different states being founded within it, and, and it really um, impacted within the temperature. So when we look at kind of the world as a whole, we don't really talk about the year of 1816 and what it really did to society. I mean, but what's so interesting is I couldn't imagine if, if something like this would happen now, the impact it would have on the world opposed to then, you know, people were vaguely aware that they thought the volcano did it, but it wasn't like strongly suggested that people knew why it was getting colder. It was just getting colder. And I mean, if, like, if you look at some of Thomas Jefferson's writings, he could have probably put connect the dots. I think there was some writings that indicated it, but he, you know, ended his career as president and he became a farmer and, you know, 50% of his crops were were destroyed so much so that he had to take out a loan just so he wouldn't go broke. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that the president of the United States would go broke based on a volcano eruption that happened in Indonesia. And I think this really shows how time is so strange and like how we see the world because no one's ever talking about this volcano eruption, and no one ever talks about the impact it really had. Um, and I think now it's more relevant because, you know, we're just in a way kind of coming off a pandemic and seeing how the world was shut down and the impacts it, not even necessarily on a climate level. Like, we didn't have the same impact that we had as a result of it, and you know, you, you look at kind of different geothermal maps of how cold the world was, and it was like, it was cold. I mean, in certain, you know, it was snowing in July in certain places in the United States. So, you know, if you saw that, I mean, I couldn't even imagine seeing that and understanding how to interpret it now. But, but they hold a lot of um, things like it. But I think what was really interesting about it is, Whenever you kind of look at 1816 and, you know, we try to get an understanding of the weather, I mean, the majority of everything didn't even grow. And it took three years, really, for the weather to come back to normal. And, you know, it, it really was something that was just of a great magnitude and felt across the world, I mean, you had all all your livestock being killed. You had all aspects. It really, you know, having a change. You know, you had 100,000 people being killed. You had cholera outbreaks as a result of it. Um, just pure pandemonium. And I couldn't even imagine as a society how we would deal with it now. You know, I can't imagine what it would take to deal with it. Um, 
But I say it today because, you know, today I was driving on a volcano. And I can tell you what, it was a Chevy car and it just wasn't making the cut. But getting up and driving through it, you know, it really just, I mean, we were, I was driving Cotopaxi today, a gorgeous mountain. And I just thought, like, what would happen if this had erupted right now? You know, as humans, like, we, we want to act like, you know, we're such a big deal and we have all this control. But if a volcano can erupt and it creates a, a winter, you know, it creates a year of no summer, just all winter. I mean, it really shows how sensitive our planet can be sometimes. I mean, because I think to put that into context, I mean, I couldn't imagine seeing that. You know, especially in 1816 when the majority of communication is happening through, I mean, I don't even think they have the tele, the telegraph then. I don't think it's ready by then. You know, I think it's later on. I mean, I mean, in 1816 too, I mean, think about it. I mean, this is the time of Napoleon. I mean, you know, in the conquest of Europe and this is happening. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson was president, which was one of the five, you know, the foundings of the nation in and you're having these massive, massive impacts on climate. I just, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine there being no summer. And I think about just how intense it would be and how much grit people have to where it's not even really talked about, but it's like, you know, I, I'm always so curious about how people react in certain issues. And if, if, the result of having fast information creates more pandemonium than slow information. Because if a volcano went erupted now we, in Indonesia, so much so that it would impact the world and we would have a, a year of no summers, we would know immediately. And people would become more fearful and more, um, they would try to prepare for it. But if a volcano went off and we didn't know anything happened, until six months later, you know, like what would be the difference in how we react? You know, I think sometimes with the impact of, of the internet and information, you know, people will absorb something and then, and then have a fear mentality for it because it's so out of the norm. I mean, I think really what we're getting in this current stage is, is that in that information in itself can be too much. I think that's kind of one of my key takeaways from